Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings, lots of opinions, and are as sad and anxious as the rest of you. Very well done. Thank you. That said, none of those are a substitute. <laughs> Don't ask me to change pluralisms for professional guidance. For professional guidance. Sally, what was that all about? I don't know. I, I feel like no one I've talked to in the last 88 days or whatever <laughs> isn't dealing with uh, a huge level of sadness and anger and anxiety. I know not all of you. I know some of you all out there listening are feeling okay and like yeah. we're on the right track and god bless you yeah but a lot of us are freaking the fuck out so i was uh joking i mean it's not funny at all but um so you know we have this super secret facebook mm-hmm. page which by the way is a safe space you can share your feelings join it if you want email us at strugglebuspod at gmail.com and say please add me because it's a place to sort of you know vent without having your uncle coming in, in the comments mm-hmm. and be like well that's not whatever I found that people are using it as like a really positive space more than usual because mm-hmm. regular Facebook is depressing as mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, let's go on to the Struggle Buddies group and look at a kitten. Yeah. But you're welcome to talk about anything you want. But yeah, my Facebook feed is a lot of trauma. Yeah. It's like a total disaster. I, I think I'm going to start making just the Struggle Buddies group my like Facebook homepage <laughs> because uh, having to see my timeline is uh it's a catastrophe yes and that's not to say that you can't post something sad or that i'm having a rough day either of course absolutely this is the place for that yeah in fact seeing all the people in the group who are like dealing with feelings around what's happening in our country right now is is actually kind of like reassuring that we're all sort of going through it and it definitely beats the experience of going onto Facebook and just seeing like for me my feed is just like all news mm-hmm. stories that are terrible yeah um so it's nice to take a break from those sometimes it is yeah. it is um yeah so listen speaking of reaching out to us you can uh, use the twitter machine mm-hmm. and tweet at us at strugglebuspod email us at strugglebuspodcast.com at gmail.com to either join the Facebook group, you can put in the subject line, please, can I join the group? Or if you have a question that we will read on air, put that in a separate email saying, question, uh, don't do both in one email because it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. It is a disaster. Um, Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod. Some photos. Some yeah, good photos. Photos here and there. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy. You can go onto our website, strugglebuspodcast.com. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller Sally. What do they get if they want to become a member? What? Well, you can support the struggle bus for as little as $5 a month and for as much as. A million dollars a month, million, infinity yeah. dollars. Mm. Uh, you just have to go to our website, which is strugglebuspodcast.com, and you not only get a monthly bonus episode as well as an archive of all of our monthly bonus episodes, you get uh, a kind of a membership card for a little community. It's a ticket to ride with the struggle bus. Uh, makes you a lifetime member of our little community. And uh, as soon as you join... Not as soon as you join. Sometime mm-hmm. within a reasonable period of time of when you join, I will send you your membership card. Uh, and uh, it's a fun time. And the bonus episodes are fun and a departure from what we usually do. In fact... <laughs> In fact, this week we have a very special one. We're recording... What, tomorrow night? Um, Day after tomorrow. Wait. What day is... I... 
I don't know dates right now. Yeah. Um, time is time is weird, you guys. Time is weird. So we have a very special guest. We're going to be uh, reviewing mm-hmm. the Sex and the City movie, the first one, mm-hmm. the real one, mm-hmm. uh, with Miss Molly Neffel, who you happen to know also from uh, Radio Dispatch mm-hmm. and uh, from being a guest in our show. Yeah, and from being an amazing person in the world. She's the best. I expect us to have a very sophisticated, high-level kind of critical analysis-based discussion of Sex in the City. I, I have told Molly this, but I really, I don't enjoy it when she gets frustrated, like, haha. I more or less enjoy her going off when she's legitimately in a rage about something, Ooh. and I really hope that happens. I've never seen this. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Okay, there's some radio, radio dispatches where she, like, goes off. Oh, she goes off? Okay. I think I told you about, like, the Michael store, the... um. Uh, the craft oh, yeah, store. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She goes on a nice 10-minute rant about that. Okay. She's, she's wonderful. Well, uh, let's see if we can't provoke some rants from her on Thursday. I'm just saying. Sweet. You know? I'm yeah. into it. Cool. All right. So let's talk about, uh, oh, we already did uh, the things on the on the Google Doc to talk about. Let's jibber-jabber. Let's do opening jibber-jabber. I, I want to know what your jibber-jabber is because I don't recognize this uh, thing. So actually, this is very, it's a very cool thing. It's called Katie Fisher Day. It's March 12th every year. So... A comedian named Matt Fisher, big in like the UCB community and, you know, improv and stuff like that. He, his sister's named Katie and she passed away. There was a car accident, passed away in 2010. And she used to make him cookies and send him cookies to college once a week. So every year on her birthday on March 12th, he says, it's Katie Fisher Day, send someone you love cookies. Mm. It's really cool. A lot of people get into it. It's actually, um, you'll see it on Twitter. It's a hashtag because he has a lot of friends and they made it really big. And so it's just a way to say, hey, I appreciate you. Here's some cookies. So I'm taking on a large task here, but it's not that hard. If you want an address from somebody, not in the Facebook group, but anyone who listens, mm-hmm. email me at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com, right, Catherine, and say, I want to be a part of Katie Fisher Day. Here's my address and say any allergies you have. And I will match you with someone. <gasps> wow. If you don't feel comfortable giving out your address, I understand. But if you do, I think that'll be, you know, a fun thing to do. So get me your home address or where you want them delivered and any dietary restrictions. So like, and people who want to participate should want to both receive and make cookies? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like I match you. Or if you want, you can just pick a friend and just do it. So get involved. You can go on to katiefisherday.org and you sort of learn more about it. And it's just a way to be like, hey, friend, here's some cookies. I love you. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get involved with some cookies, yeah, everybody. Sorry, it was a little depressing, but um, no, no, no. what, what a awesome. great way to sort of share some love and yeah. remind the people in your life you De- love them. Definitely, Sally. Okay. Um, Is this going to be depressing? <laughs> uh, yes and no. I feel like everything for the next like long period of time is the answer to that is going to be yes and no. I'm leaning the fuck yes. into it. Yeah, let's lean into it. I'm okay. It. Um. So I wrote. I interviewed two Muslim therapists about self care for Muslims right now in the U.S. and abroad um, in kind of in the wake of the travel ban everything. of everything and everything. Exactly. Um, and I wanted to talk about it like really quickly because um, I got I had such an amazing interview with two, these two experts who were just awesome. But I, I was rereading it and I felt like a lot of the tips were really good for anyone who particularly people who are feeling targeted right now. Um, And I think, you know, we talk a lot on this show about what it means to like different levels of privilege and marginalization and what it means to feel very much targeted like right now, what it means to feel like 
you might be targeted next, what it feels like to be targeted, maybe not as targeted as someone else. So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that this is uh, as relevant to everyone right now as it would be to Muslims. But that said, um, uh, just especially thinking about what people have been writing to us lately and saying in the Facebook group and, you know, what I've been feeling and my friends have been feeling, um, there are a lot of people who feel um, like it's really hard to take care of themselves while feeling targeted or while their loved ones are feeling targeted uh, and also be activists throughout all that. And a lot of what I talked about with these two therapists was about that. So um, it's a BuzzFeed health article and you can you can just search my name like yeah. with BuzzFeed and, and it'll come up. But yeah. um, it has just a lot of really good sort of, uh, I think, kind of unexpected self-care tips like they were definitely saying a lot of stuff that I was like oh yeah of course that's Mm -hmm. amazing yeah good call you know like great idea um because they're experts Mm -hmm. so uh check that out if you guys want to get some next level self-care um or you want to share it with a friend Mm -hmm. and people deal with trauma differently and people get different kinds of trauma so it's good to sort of know there's a broad breadth of what people are feeling Mm -hmm. and that um you know you're not alone but you know it's different for some people exactly you know it's good to sort of keep that in mind. Yeah. It's been quite a few weeks. Yeah. I definitely had one of those uh, sad naps for the entire weekend where I woke up on Monday going, it's Monday. Um, I'd gotten all my work done, but I I definitely checked out of my body for a while because I've been a little little overstimulated with the anxiety and the actions and the protests have been amazing and it's exhilarating. And I don't mean that in a great way. Like, yeah, but there's been a range of emotions that a lot of us, I'll just speak for me, have not felt all in one amount of a mm-hmm. week yeah. of excitement, sadness, despair, hope, you know, all these things. It's been quite quite a ride. So. Yeah, I think overstimulated is a really good word yeah. for me. I, I, I spent a lot of Saturday napping as well. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't know why I'm so tired. And then I <laughs> I, I just like, now if I if I feel really tired or I have a stomach ache or I'm really anxious and it's like it all feels sort of unexplained or nonspecific I I realize it probably has to do with like the world right now and Mm -hmm. I'm like okay that that's that's why this is happening yeah um yeah yeah well on that note shall we talk about um what we did for self-care this week perfect segue perfect yeah um so as an update on my psychiatrist as you know I see a psychologist once a week for the, the head talking stuff and I see a psychiatrist every three, three months for a check-in because I used to be on certain medications and I've been with them for years and we sort of check in with each other and make sure I'm feeling imbalanced. And during the elections, I did not know this, he was out of town and I called because I was terrified and very, very anxious. And his um, the person that he was sort of uh, covering, the, the person covering for him, because mm-hmm. as you know, most people have like, in case of emergency, I didn't know this person. And so I sent an email to him instead. And I was like, hey, here's how I'm feeling. And he wrote back the most condescending thing saying, well, I'll tell you what, the election's tomorrow. I suspect you'll feel a lot better after that. And boy, did he get a fucking mouthful from me. <laughs> and I avoided my three-month follow-up with my psychiatrist because I was so mad at him, even though it wasn't his fault per se. But I finally went. I rescheduled twice because I'm such a baby. And I finally went and I said, listen. And I told him what happened. And his face dropped. Good. And he he's like, that is completely unacceptable. I am so sorry. I will absolutely speak with him. And I was like, no, no, no. It's cool. I got this. And he's like, no. He's like, no, Catherine, you are so aware of your feelings. You're, you're just being honest. And that shouldn't have happened to you. And I was like, okay. 
And then I realized, I guess I was expecting pushback because they're work buddies or something. But Mm -hmm. he was genuinely concerned that his coworker said that to me. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And it read and it felt really good. That's awesome. I'm so glad that 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 he had like the right response yeah i'm still like shaking it i was so nervous i was like i don't want to have to argue with the guy who knows a lot about my brain right now like i just can't handle and i told him i was like i don't want to be gaslit by my doctors let alone the president he's like absolutely that should not have happened it's it's so shocking when you like brace yourself for like a real fight and then the person's like yes i agree (laughs) and you're like oh my god i had so many bullet points ready i was like okay i'm gonna go in there (laughs) can i just read through my counter arguments yeah yeah yeah. and he was like no that's cool so that was cool that was that was a nice surprise yeah i'm glad to hear it um okay well i I like accidentally practice self-care. I was trying to think about what I did this last week. And I uh, I do try every week to set aside some time and actually like intentionally practice self-care, which Mm -hmm. I didn't really do last week. But in thinking about it, I had a remarkably um, like calm weekend, which was sort of surprising to me. Usually on weekends, I sort of... uh, <laughs> you do a lot. I do. And because it like quiets the voices to say that. <laughs> um and I don't mean that in like a derisive way. I mean like the voices of like fear and anxiety, like to be constantly moving and getting stuff done, it mm-hmm. does quiet them. This weekend I I did a lot I did do a lot of like work stuff that I had to do and uh like personal administrative stuff that I really didn't want to deal with, but I balanced it out really well with also like relaxing like my girlfriend and I went for a long walk. I took a lot of naps, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought some like coffee accessories, really building out the coffee portion of my life. I like which feels that. Great. Um, took a bubble bath, you know. And usually, my my usual approach to weekends is be paralyzed by anxiety for forty eight hours, mm-hmm. or. Uh, relax completely for 48 hours by not doing any of the things that make me anxious. I don't often like sort of combine the thing of like doing the things that are making me anxious and also relaxing. So I feel pretty great about it. You know, I just reminded me, I I knew I was in the thick of it because my boyfriend's like, are you okay? Mm. Because when I do that little, um, I do the opposite. I don't want to go out for a walk. I Mm -hmm. don't want to be distracted. I want to be with my feelings, but not. I actually sleep with the covers over my head. Nice. And I used to do that as a kid. And when I do that, like a little tent, you know. So comforting. um, That means leave me alone. I'm having a moment. And I realized that's why Alex was like, everything all right in there? I was like, I'm fine. It's just like a cocoon. Yeah. Because I'm terrified. I'm just blocking out the entire world and all sensory stimulation. Yeah. And I realized he hadn't really seen me do that in a while. I get that. like, uh, hello. It would be cool to be able to do that in life, just in daily life, like pull the covers over your head. What makes you think I don't? (laughs) Fair enough. Have you not seen my blankie? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was, yeah, I cannot, I cannot stress bath time enough. I really, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, with like a lot of bubbles. Like, what'd you use? That's the key. Well, actually, to be honest, we have this stuff that um, I'm like extremely picky about smells and actually all sensory stimulation. I'm yeah. kind of like annoying to be around in that way. So we have this bubble bath that actually, it smells like ro- roses, uh-huh. which I like the smell of a rose, the flower, but rose scented stuff like yeah. I'm not into. So it it actually was like a was li- it tea rose. 
I don't know. Yeah. It was just like rosy. It was like rose. I don't know. It was rosy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bubbles were amazing. They were really like robust, you know, and you just have like a lot of robust, like dense bubbles. Mm-hmm. It made it worth the smell, which was kind of gross. Well, um, my go to is palm olive. Let's be honest. Oh, that's Dish not a bad idea. Is the best. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. I think I would go for also, I really like smells that are like vanilla-y. Mm. So maybe I can get some sort of, or like when they when you get a lotion from like Bath & Body Works and yeah. it's like toasted coconut or like burnt sugar. I'm more of a citrus gal. Okay, I, I could do citrus too. That's he, good. On my birthday, uh, Sheridan, my best friend, bought me um, grapefruit and black pepper. Oh, that sounds awesome. I don't even know what it was made of. I mean, I know grapefruit and black pepper, but it <laughs> smelled amazing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Right? I can get behind citrus for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, thank you for listening to our bubble bath thank report. Thank you. That was bubble bath time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we read an email? Let's do it. Okay, um, do you want to go or should I? Um, why don't you, you do it because I want to drink some coffee. Okay, okay, go for it. Okay, so this email is from Deanna Troy. Mm. And they say, I would like the name Deanna Troy, a Star Trek The Next Generation character who is a therapist. Who played her? Was it Kim Cattrall? I have no idea. I don't know. She was in that though, right? Um, was she? I think so. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm. Um, this makes me want to watch Star Trek The Next Generation, that there's a character who's a therapist. I mean, I didn't realize I had therapy back then. Yeah. I back, didn't then back, in back, space. back then. Back then in space. I, although I have to say, of all the TV shows I want to watch... No offense, Deanna Troy, but Star Trek The Next Generation is probably like the 1,000th one on my list. Yeah. Will Wheaton's in that, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, now it's sounding better and better. Isn't also um, LeVar Burton? Yes. Okay. I take it back. It's number one on my list. Okay, great. Let's watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here we go. I currently have a subpar part-time job that the only reason I haven't quit was that a meager salary is better than nothing. Recently, though, two people have quit, and I know they have the funds to give me more hours and or more responsibility. However, the last time I tried to broach this topic, I felt very pigeonholed. I was hired through vocational rehab. They knew before I even started that I have Asperger's syndrome, and I have to say I don't like the fact that they know. Conversations I've had with my boss and overheard have led me to believe she has a few preconceived notions about someone with Asperger's. I hate that. I've come to the conclusion I'd rather have coworkers think I'm weird than they be sure of it. Anyway, I was writing to possibly get some pointers on how to talk to my boss. How can I talk about how I can do so much more without them thinking I hate my job? I don't hate it, but the pay does suck and I need some more income. I know I need to not say that last part, so don't worry, LOL. I am naturally awkward with these things, but I know I need some practice in selling myself. Thanks for what you do, and if... When my income improves, I will become a member. Thank you, Deanna Troy. So sweet. Awesome. This is a great question. And um, it is hard because I don't know what industry you're in. And there's certain factors that sometimes depend on what you can ask for. I'm guessing you don't have an HR department. But if you do, I would start there just because that is their job is to make sure that you are taken care of. Um, as far as knowing your boss, knowing you have Asperger's or feeling uncomfortable, you know, that does suck if, if you're felt, if you feel in any way that the way they see you is compromised because of X, Y, and Z. But I wonder if you feel comfortable to sort of maybe do a practice session with a friend or anyone else you trust. It's completely okay to ask for a raise. If you're like, hey, listen, I've been here six months. Um, curious if there's going to be an annual review because I'd like to, you know, maybe start taking on some other responsibilities. I am available and I would be interested in doing this. It does sound like a terrifying thing to say, 
but the worst thing that would happen is they say no, and then you have your answer. And and I, too, am terrible about that, but you have to know your worth. And people are not going to give you extra money most of the time unless you ask for it. And I know this because one of the podcasts I work on is a women in business sort of advice thing, and they're like, you've got to ask for it. Mm. They're not just going to offer it to you. Yeah. Because why would they? Right. Unless you make a, you know, hey, I'd like to do this. So I don't want to have you ask and then it be the worst thing ever happened to you. I'm not guaranteeing you it's going to be a great situation. But you're never going to know until you do. And, um, you know, I think this is a skill that everyone should learn at some point is you know, sort of like, this is what I bring to the company. This is what I'm excited to work on. I would like to take on more tasks. And I also will need a little bit, you know, I was curious if there is a situation where I will get a raise. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I yeah. I was going to say something similar and just like to build off it. I, I think that my advice would be to talk to whoever your manager is and say that you would love to have an opportunity to take on more responsibility yeah. um, and ask what the like the path is for that. Um I think it's like it's tough when you're in a job that you don't really like and you can't be like, I'm so enthusiastic <laughs> about this job I fucking hate, you know, yeah. but um, but like you said in your email, you know, you can't really say that. But like if you can if you can find a reason or a way to express your like enthusiasm for the work or your willingness to like take on more responsibility and like ask what the path would be for getting more hours. Um, I think that's like a great way of of basically being like, I want to work more and I want more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, you can also do the thing where you just, you know, you ask for a raise. If, if it's appropriate, like in your, if, in your workplace if, and in your industry, if, you know, depending on how it works, if you're due like some sort of raise and you haven't gotten one in a while, I think it's also totally fine to be like what Catherine said, like, can we talk about what the path is to like getting a raise. But I think like if you are interested, I think you were saying you're interested in like taking on more work. I think you can just like ask, you know, how that would happen. And and if it's a matter of like if if I think it's always appropriate to be like to ask your manager, what is it that I would need to be doing in order yes. to advance? Like what what can I do better? What am I not doing enough of and so on? Um and I agree with Catherine that I think like so many people need help and like practice doing that um and then as far as like the other thing in your email that you talk about which is like having asperger's and your coworkers and your boss having preconceived notions about that um i'm not because i've never really been in your situation i'm not really sure how to give you advice in like a responsible way but like if you haven't already done this i would maybe try to talk to other people who have asperger's and or have gotten their their jobs through vocational rehab because maybe there's like maybe they have they have some strategies or there's some kind of like quote unquote like best practices that will help you sort of um either deal with the situation like cope with the situation you're in or like address it with your boss if that's appropriate like i think um talking to people who have experience um in this directly is would be really, really helpful. And I just, I don't, I, I, I feel like it would be kind of irresponsible for me to tell you how to deal with that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, one other thing came up uh, just now I thought about since two people recently quit, that's a really good in for a conversation. Yeah. Like, that hey, curious, true. you know, uh, what's the career path? Would, would I be able to apply for that job? I do have more time. That's a great in for the conversation. And the other thing I thought of, I don't know that much about vocational rehab, but is there a coach 
that helped you get hired at this place? Is there someone you can talk to there to be like, here's what I'm looking to do. Mm -hmm. What do you suggest? Maybe they can help you um, sort of have that conversation or, you know. Yeah, that's a good idea. I definitely don't think that it's fair that they have these preconceived notions. And I don't think it's like it should be a responsibility to like educate them and like make them better people. I think that you there there should be some sort of like system in place where there's like a way that you can someone can help you advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, yeah, like Catherine said, like the place the place that placed you or the coach that helped you, um, maybe they can also help you out. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't stress enough to everybody, no matter what your situation, if you feel like you want to make more money, always have that conversation. Yeah. It's a rough one, but it really matters. It's true you that know? like the worst that can happen. I mean, no one gets no. fired for asking for more money, no. do they? I yeah. mean, legally you can't be, but you know, yeah. there's always that. Yeah. So um, it's yeah. it's really tough. I, uh, I've i like Googled like salary negotiation and all that stuff like a million times. And it's I've read up on it a lot, but when it comes to the moment you have to do it, it's always kind of terrifying. Here's a really interesting example I heard. Um, uh, I'll make it very quick. Basically, let's say this this company has $10,000 for bonuses and there's two people on the team, right? If one person walks in, okay, if one person's like, well, obviously I'll get 5000 and they'll get 5000 If one person walks in and like lays out a strategy and here's why I should get this, that person may get $7,000. The other person won't get $5,000 now. They'll get three because they didn't advocate for themselves because there's only that much of an amount. So you don't think about Mm -hmm. that. You think, oh, I'll be the polite one. And then the next thing you know, you get screwed because you didn't ask for it. Right. And the boss will be like, I'm sorry, but this person came into my office and laid out all these reasons. Yeah. It doesn't sound fair, but unfortunately, managers have a lot on their plate. You got to remind them you exist. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That kind of hit me. Remind them you exist. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have another. Not that I've ever been able to take my own advice, by the way, but anyway. I know. Tell me about it. You me will too. I'll learn. Um, Deanna Troy, keep us posted. Yes. And good luck. Okay, so I'm really into this email, me and I just want to say here, for one thing, they chose a name and also named everyone in their email with like a consistent theme. It was amazing. And also, they like broke out their email. It's like almost like in an outline form. So you can see like what the nutshell is, what the detail. It's amazing. So thank you. Very well done. Thank you, Peter Parker. All right. So Peter Parker, dearest bus drivers, I need some ideas for ways to address what has become an ongoing issue between my husband and I regarding social media, family and privacy nutshell. He wants me to keep him off public social media and won't introduce me to his family. I'm afraid of being a shameful secret. Detail. My husband, we'll call him Wade Wilson, and I had been married a few months now. Our engagement was relatively short, but we've known each other a long time. The rushed engagement and marriage was to make sure he had his legal status in the country before President-elect Wilson Fisk love that, assumes power. But to be clear, Wade's immigration status affected the timing of the wedding, not the decision to get married in the first place. Prior to meeting Wade, I'd been in two serious relationships, Matt Murdock and Clint Barton. For very different reasons, Matt and Clint were very secretive about our relationships. Matt was already seeing someone when we started dating, whereas Clint openly admitted that he was embarrassed to be dating me until I eventually found the courage to dump him and leave that emotional abuse behind. I know I'm not exactly the Western cultural ideal of attractiveness, much less the gay male standard of hot, and I've long struggled with low self-esteem, but I've come a long way in self-confidence. Wade helped me with that in the early days. 
I was very open about this with Wade prior to our engagement. I specifically made it a point to discuss whether it would be okay to do things like change our relationship status on Facebook. At the time, he was nervous about it and stressed how he valued privacy, but saw that it was important to me and said okay. Wade comes from one of those countries where being queer is is a bad, bad thing, subject to punishments and whatnot. He's never been fully out. His family, while they know he's gay, do not approve. I've never met them and, barring tragedy, probably won't anytime soon. I knew about this going into the relationship. As a point of compromise, to avoid attracting the attention of his family, I don't tag him in social media, keep my Facebook on a default private setting, and don't post about him with any specifics or regularity. But as time goes on, he's uncomfortable with even this. He recently told me it bothers him that I have his pictures up at all, tagged or not, on my Instagram or Twitter, which aren't set to be private by default. He repeatedly says that he just wants his private life to be private. I would like them, I would take them all down out of respect for his feelings, except that it's become symptomatic of a deeper issue. I didn't realize just how closeted he was. Even around other queer people, he is always on guard and careful. I've only met one of his friends while he's met most of mine. He's found subtle and not so subtle ways to discourage any public displays of affection, even in remarkably safe spaces. And I don't mean aggressive makeout sessions, I mean holding hands or affectionate touching. It's triggering for me all these feelings of being ugly and embarrassing left over from the acrimonious split with Clint. And that spirals into feelings like I'm not what like I'm nothing but path to a green card to him or other dark thoughts of feeling worthless and unwanted. Ordinarily, knowing it bothered him, I'd simply delete the pics or turn my accounts private, but I feel like backing down sets a terrible precedent for this behavior of fear in being semi-closeted to get worse. And as someone who has been out with the capital O-U-T for over two decades, it's emotionally painful for me to go back in the closet about my personal life. It goes against my values as a person and an activist. I don't think this is a divorce-level conflict, but given enough time and refusal to change on both our parts, it could be. I've talked with him about all this. I've tried finding points of compromise. I've tried giving him space, and I've tried gently encouraging him to examine his fears. So far, the relationship has been mostly wonderful. Lots of affection and plans for the future, etc. I've never been happier. But I worry that this may be an issue where there is no stable middle ground. Am I being too stubborn regarding his point of view, or am I setting myself up for heartbreak, heartbreak by ignoring red flags? And is there possibly another approach I haven't thought of because I can't see the forest for the trees? Sincerely, Peter Parker. Very, very well put, Peter. Thank you for that. Well put, Peter Parker, and very beautifully read, Catherine. Thank you. I Only might, a I couple mistakes. No, it was awesome. I can't see the forest for the trees. It's a good one. I've never heard that. Oh, really? No. It's a, it's a good one. I can't stop thinking about that. Um, so Peter Parker, I think if you hadn't said that you've tried talking with him about all of this, I would go on like a whole long extended thing about <laughs> talking to your partner, but you've already done all that. So I'm just going to skip that and go right to have you guys consider talking to a couples therapist who basically would just act as a moderator and helping you, you know, come to some sort of compromise, uh, not because like the way you feel is right and the way he feels is wrong or vice versa, but because you guys both have emotional needs that need to be met and you're having trouble finding a way to make that happen. Um, That's just like a first really basic piece of advice. Um, The other thing I would say is like, 
I think it it can be really tough in a relationship when you have like past stuff coming up and like sort of blurring, like muddying the waters of the current situation you're actually in because you said it's reminding you of this bad relationship and this bad split with your ex, but you know also that it's like a different situation than that. Like this partner has like, it sounds like pretty legitimate fears about being outed. Um, And that's different than your relationship being kept a secret because he's ashamed of you. And so I would say that like that part of it is probably a thing that you need to work through and deal with. And, you know, as you know, like everybody drink, I'm going to suggest that you go to therapy Um, (laughs) because that that's like really deep stuff. I think like, you know, that self-esteem stuff, self-worth stuff, especially (laughs) if it's like from an emotionally abusive relationship, I think taking some time to like recover from that and like unpack it with a therapist can be really helpful. And I think we'll like unmuddy the waters in your current relationship when certain things start to like remind you of that. Um, I think that like, it sounds like your partner has really like like his his fears about being out sound mm-hmm. like they come from a, a really like deep place where um I'm not telling you anything you don't know but like where being out is like could put your life at risk and I think one of the reasons a couples counselor can help you sort through some stuff is like I think that that is not a thing that like that well I guess I don't really know but my my guess is that that's not a thing you can like get yourself over by just like like talking yourself out of it or like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. I think that if you have like a deeply ingrained and like totally valid fear for like your life or your livelihood, um, mm-hmm. particularly when the climate in our country is getting scarier and scarier, it it makes sense to me that it would be like really tough for your partner to uh to be like able to like sort of talk himself out of it or like confront his fears around it. Um, And I think that I I think that it's totally reasonable for him to need some privacy. And it seems like you do, too. But it's also it's also reasonable for you to want to live the life that you see for yourself, which is being more out. It it seems like you guys just have like more negotiation to do. Um, And I think that makes a lot of sense, because no matter how close two people are and how long they've been together, you there's always, I think, more to get to know about a person. And also when your life changes and a situation changes, like, for example, the environment in your country becoming like more unstable or like your partner's immigration status being sketchy and like Mm. that anxiety. I mean, that also changes like your environment and like what's happening between you. So there's always like new stuff to negotiate. And I think sometimes you have to just like call in the like pinch hitter, I don't even know sports metaphors, but sometimes you need to phone a friend, um, a friend being a therapist <laughs> to help you like sort through some of this stuff. Catherine, please start talking. The baseball version of a phone or friend is, I don't know what it is either. Um, yeah, everything Sally said, obviously, because um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on here, but reading this, not only do I see that you are absolutely stellar at Marvel characters, um, I also noticed that you're being very honest with him. He's being very honest with you. No one's lying to each other. No one's saying, oh, I'll do better next time or, oh, it's okay. You're both being like, nah, I don't want this. And he's saying, I don't want this. So that's why I also thought couples counselor, like a mediator being of the, uh, you know, no one's taking sides. They're listening to both of you. And you want to find a way to compromise where you're both happy because, yes, relationships are compromised and, and you know that and it sounds like you're you're trying but 
unfortunately, it's also now bringing up things in the past that don't relate to this person, but the situation is reminiscent of it. And I don't know much about your partner's past, but it sounds like he had some trauma with being out or, or being, you know, who he is from where he comes from. And um, no one's lying to each other. Like I said, everyone's doing the right thing. But this is actually a perfect time for something like a mediator where you can work through this and figure out, you know, taking little steps to help each other through this. Mm-hmm. Because um, it sounds like you do have a great relationship. And I do. I don't think you're being petty. I hear it. I, I hear that feels where you're like, but I want to love you publicly. And and then it feels like they're ashamed of you, even though they're not. But um, it sounds like you both really love each other and you're both being honest that's huge. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect all the time, which is why I think it's a good idea. And ditto what Sally said. Um, if you want to see your own counselor to, to, to sort of unpack the past as well, you seem very aware of it, but it, it has affected you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is one of those situations where, yeah, this is great. You know, getting a counselor doesn't mean bad things. Mm-hmm. Like you just need to sort of um, start listening in ways in which you can compromise where you're both happy. Yeah. And I think like if both of you see that the other person has a need that's not being met and yeah. both of you are willing to do what you can to meet the other person's needs as long as your needs are being met. Like, I think that's like, I I think that means you're good and you'll figure it out. I, I think if like the situation is that like your partner you know, it's like totally non-negotiable. Every aspect and degree of like how out your partner is um, is non-negotiable. And he's not he can't understand why it would bother you that yeah. he can never be comfortable being out like or or if you w- were it was, you know, if you refuse to like not tag him in pictures or if you refuse to like not keep your social media private, I think you guys would be kind of in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that like I mean, from what you describe, it seems like you're you're both willing to do things to meet the other person's needs as long as your needs are also being met, which I think is great. Yeah. So um, I just think like keep on keeping on, preferably with like an outside person who can like help you sort it out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, keep at it and let us know because your um, your your email is amazing. Yeah. Thank you for writing in Peter Parker and definitely keep us posted. I love that Wilson Fisk comment. I don't even uh, know who that is. He's the bad guy in uh, one of the Daredevil things. Oh, nice. And uh, spoiler, he, well, I'll, I'll tell you later. OK, whatever. cool. He, he was a great character, though. OK, cool. Um, OK, so this email is from Grace. Mm-hmm. OK. They wanted to be named. Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Got they it. chose the name. Grace. Cool. OK. After doing a lot of introspection, I've recently decided that the labels that best suit my identity would be gray ace slash bi, so a bisexual on the asexual spectrum. I've also recently decided to make a small effort into dipping my toe into dating again by setting up an OkCupid profile. This is not my first profile on this site, and I've noticed a really gross trend since attaching these new labels after previously identifying as just a straight woman. Men, because so far this has exclusively been straight cis men doing this, who message me for the first time, have repeatedly, without asking me anything else, more or less either demanded I explain to them how my sexuality is possible. I've gotten such charming messages as, quote, how can you be ace and bi? It goes against the laws of sex, end quote, because I don't feel like I should have to explain something this personal in the very first message I get from someone. I always say, Google it. I even briefly had Google it listed in my profile. And every time these men's immediate reaction is anger. One guy after messaging me after I made the profile edit said, 
Quote, oh, after looking at your profile, I see you prefer to redirect conversations, so I guess never mind, end quote, and then never messaged me again. One guy, after saying he was afraid he'd come across as rude before asking me, promptly called me a bitch for saying a Google search could have saved him the trouble of being rude. I honestly do not feel like I owe these strangers any kind of explanation, but am I being too harsh about this? If future people contact me and they actually make an effort to be as unshitty about it as possible, should I throw them a bone? Even if I feel they're being fucking lazy and invasive. Also, one more question. Am I required to officially come out to my family as bi? I'm not even going to bother explaining the ace thing to them. I say officially because I've always been open in the past about how I could see myself dating women, but never use the bi label because I only recently decided it fit. My family's not the most supportive, though. I don't see them disowning me. I just see them being kind of dicks about it and not really taking me seriously. So kind of more of the same okay Cupid shit. Anyway, sorry, this email is so long. And uh, I just want to say um, thank you for writing in, Grace. Yes. And just really quickly before we jump in, I am... Um, I... I'm sorry to be this person, but I did have to look up um, gray. No, ace. yeah, I did too. Yeah, it yeah. was like it's new for me, and I'm always learning. Um, and it said that gray ace and his identity is an identity on the asexual spectrum, and oftentimes people use it to describe periodically feeling sexual attraction. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just yeah, wanted to say yeah, that no, in no, case same. other people warning. Okay. You know, and it's true. I, you know, uh, oh gosh, where to begin? <sighs> I actually have not used OkCupid, um, or I haven't used the sites my friends have. This is literally you could be anybody, and what you're getting is just straight-up harassment. And I'm not saying it's normal to get used to it, but unfortunately, it is so fucking common to get abused by men on these sites, um, no matter who you say you are. And every single one of them who's writing to you is clearly just being a fucking asshole so um that is not your fault and i'm also not saying to let it go but unfortunately this is really common in dating sites um which is why a lot of people do something like bumble where the woman has to talk to the man first and all that stuff um you know i i was trying to find some i know there are some dating sites out there specifically for people who i know are bi or or identify as many different things where it's already understood this is a thing that you should know about before you reach out to me and ask me what it is kind of thing. I don't want to say the names of them if I'm incorrect or if they're bad. But uh, the first thing I want to say is just this is not acceptable. So no, you're not being overly sensitive at all. And it's very common. And um, yeah, it's it is very common. Uh, I'll let you speak before we get to the parents part. But okay. I don't know what your thoughts were. Um, So my I mean, the it's really tricky because um, I've never been. I mean, I've been on OKCupid at the time with my girlfriend, but I've never been on there with any part of my profile saying I was interested in men, which I think is when shit gets really tricky. I know my friends who, who, who are who are straight women, and have showed me like the messages they get. It's like I, I just am so sorry that they have to deal with that. But um, so it's it's like a, a pretty like it, it can be a really shitty landscape. Um, I think like as evidenced by like me having to look up what gray ace meant. Um, I think that and and like I don't think I'm the most in the know person around but um I do try to uh like sort of know what's happening when it comes to how we talk about sexuality and you know gender and all that kind of stuff and and I was sort of unsure um and so I think that that means that like or it could mean that this this is like a thing that uh is is sort of like less in the mainstream understanding 
in our culture right now, uh, you know, less than it should be. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's not that surprising to me that, um, there are people who don't understand what it means for them as like a potential person who wants to message you. I don't think that anyone should ever be shitty to you about anything. Um, and I don't think you should like bother responding to people who write condescending or rude or disrespectful things. But if someone you asked if like you should try to throw someone bone if they're being as unshitty as possible. <laughs> um, and my answer to that would be like, you know, I, I think probably like I think like if you really do want to date someone and if you're it, if you if if I mean, if your attitude is like, I don't want to date anyone I have to educate at all. I, I want them to like totally get this from the get go. That is completely your choice. And you should exercise that. Um and then just like not date people who don't fully get it. But if if you're if you're um if if the benchmark is like it's cool if people don't totally get this as long as they ask me about it in a respectful way. Um I think that's also fine. Um I I do think that like telling people to google it I think is like you're like you're probably going to get more flies with honey than with vinegar. I I think that it like it is a kind of harsh thing to be like just google it. Um and I I totally understand the impulse to want to do that because in life uh and online when people ask stuff I'm like why are you making me explain this? Like you should either already know this or know how to educate yourself. And that's a to like totally get feeling that way. But like, I think it's uh, a little different in interpersonal reactions. Like, and I do think that like online dating is kind of an interpersonal reaction where um, like, I, I think that like, if, if like I were interested in you and I saw you on OkCupid and it said to Google it, I would be like, eh, this person probably isn't for me because they like don't seem to want to interact with me. And so that's fine because then maybe you've weeded me out and that's good for both of us because we're not a fit. But if I did Google it and I read the definition uh, like on Wikipedia, which is what I actually did in real life this morning, I don't it wouldn't really tell me probably like what I really want to know about you, um, which is like. It, like more about like how you identify and like how that fits in with like the rest of your experience and your life, which is like, I don't want to know that about you because you identify as gray ace, but because I want to know that about people no matter what they identify as and no matter who they are. Um, and so I I just think like it, uh, it's, it's, I think like kind of a matter of distinguishing between like it, what you expect from people generally, culturally in the world and what you can reasonably expect from individuals who are maybe interested in dating you. Um, and I just want to reiterate, I think it's like totally fine to be like anyone who doesn't already understand this or wouldn't go to the trouble of educating themselves is not a fit for me. That is like totally, totally, mm. totally fine. But if you don't totally feel that way, um, I think it's important to distinguish between people making a good faith effort in like understanding who you are and what you're about and wanting to get to know you and people who are dicks. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if if I saw someone saying Google it in their thing, I would think it was hilarious and totally message them because I love that. But I, I also see what you're saying. And those people are likely to um, not like it. And, uh, you know, I guess one of the questions I, I have for you, I wonder if there's someone listening now who happens to know a good dating site of people who 
don't have to translate things that they know about bi, they know about asexuality. Is there one out there that you like? Maybe write in and let us know. Because I would hate to recommend one without having personal experience. Um, But yeah, I think um, if someone does message you and they seem genuinely like, oh, cool, I'd like to get to know more about this. You know, obviously, if you want to date them, date them. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts, Sally, on the do I come out to my parents? Because I think unless you want to, don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever has to come out to anyone ever if they don't want to or don't feel safe or aren't ready to or whatever. Um, I think that like sometimes the way this question gets posed to us is like, you know, I want to make a decision now or soon about whether or not for the rest of my life and my parents' life, they will know what my sexuality is. And like, I think that like, you know, you can make a decision not to come out right now. Um, and then you can decide like in a year or six months yeah. or three years or 10 years that you actually do want to come out because circumstances change, or your feelings change or your family changes or whatever. So I think that like whatever you decide, um, you don't have to decide right now. And whatever you decide doesn't have to be what you do forever and ever and ever. You can just sort of like play it out and see how it goes. Yeah. But my overall answer is like, no, you don't have to come out to anyone you don't want to. Yeah. And I also just want to reiterate one final time that any guy being a jerk to you on these um, dating things, is, it's unfortunately very common and it's not you, it's them. And you have every right to not like it and be upset by it. Yeah, I, to- I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Especially the like, you know, the really <sighs> shitty, aggressive, condescending, disrespectful stuff. Like, I don't that's like I, I, I have to say that, like, I think part of it has to do with like where I live, which is in Brooklyn and the fact that I only have ever been interested in dating women but i've never had such like aggressive condescending obnoxious like boundaryless messages as like the straight women i know have like showed me and i've seen like a friend of mine this is like several years ago like just like showed me and she was just like scrolling through her phone and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry this is what you have to deal with there's an amazing account called feminist tinder and it's this woman who just posts screenshots of some of the worst things and she has hilarious answers um and that's kind of funny to laugh at but at the same time you're like wow like Mm -hmm. that is amazing people are saying that Yeah, yeah yeah um wait just one other thing i would say is like The other option is to like write something in your profile that, again, this would be if you didn't want to weed out people who didn't already fully understand what gray ace means and I guess what bisexual means. You could include something in your profile where you are like you you do like earnestly explain Mm. and you could say like before you ask because a lot of people haven't understood it and send me really rude messages whatever and you could kind of explain in a sentence or two where yeah. you're at if if it's a thing that you want because it sounds like you like want people to know this about you before they message you mm-hmm. um and i think you can also say if you're gonna send me obnoxious questions or be a dick you know fuck all the way off and don't message me yeah. like i i think it's like perfectly fine to have really high and rigid standards about assholes contacting you and i also think it's totally okay to like sort of make it a good faith effort an earnest good faith effort to like at the same time explain where you're coming from if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, let us know. And also, if you do know any good dating uh, sites that are a little bit more, you know, on the ball there, let us know. And yeah. we'll let you know because totally. I think there are some. Thanks cool. for writing in, Grace. Yeah. Keep us posted. That was awesome. Hey, listen. Oh, my God. That's it. Wow. For the day. Okay. All right. So listen, we're going to be doing a bonus episode this week with Miss Molly Neffel, where we are 
going to a Ms. Molly Nichols. Sorry, I don't want to call her whatever. She's married now, but she's also not Mrs. So there's Mrs. That. Gideon Oliver. Oliver, <laughs> you know her as Mrs. Gideon Oliver. Please find her on Twitter at Mrs. Mrs. Gideon Oliver. Dot com. Um, dot com. Dot biz. Um, so she, uh, yeah. So basically, for five dollars a month or more, you can set the price. You get to become a member. You get all our old bonus episodes. We do it once a month, and we will be deconstructing Sex in the City, mm-hmm. the movie, for quite some time. Um, if so, you've ever taken like a college or graduate level semiotics class, it's going to be a lot like that. A lot like that. So like come prepared with a notebook. Mm-hmm. So um, you can go on to strugglebuspodcast.com where there's a link to Gumroad and you can become a member for $5 a month or more. And you also get a ticket to ride Struggle Bus Bus Pass, which I accidentally almost swiped as a metric card the other day. Nice. Because they look alike. Um, so tweet at us at Struggle Bus Pod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Email us strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com to join the Facebook group or to ask us a question or in the next couple of days if you want to be a part of Katie Fisher Day I will assign you with a partner and if not just do Katie Fisher Day and uh, give someone cookies on March 12th instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod tweet at Sally T tweet at me at SBK Heller all that stuff. It's my song of the week. Wait, before you say it, I just want to say, please write us some emails because we are getting through our backlog. We got very jammed up because of the election. We kind of stopped <laughs> answering emails, but now we're really Thinking. getting through them and we would really love for you to write in. And if you don't have any real problems, make some up and we'll talk about them. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of people yeah. solving problems in the uh, Facebook group. Yeah. Doing a great job, though, everyone. That's all. It's all good. So, Okay. This is a band called Migos. The song is called A Bad and Bougie. You may nice. have heard it. Someone was just talking about, about Migos. Fucking amazing. Awesome. Um my my boyfriend's uh classmate was like, You have got to listen to this song immediately. He has a uh, very good taste, so we did, and now we cannot stop playing it. The video is great. The hook, the I mean, like Donald Glover, I don't remember if it was in an interview, but he's like, this is one of the best mm. things out there in the world. And if Donald Glover says that, I'm going to believe him. Um, Donald Glover, who, by the way, is on a first name basis with Molly Neffel, apparently. Well, well, yeah, well. Yeah, she did a show with him. She's like, so then Donald, I was like, you just did that. Excuse me? Um, we'll have yeah. to get her to talk about that when she's so, on our show. Oh, yeah. So listen, I'm going to play a little bit of the song. There'll be a link on where to buy it on iTunes on our website and listen to it all the time. It's wonderful. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, it's so fun. So, yeah. Good work, cool. everyone. Good work, gang. It's been a rough couple weeks for all of us. We're going to get through it. Yeah. Together. All the support you guys are giving each other online and otherwise, I really, it means a lot to me. Same. Yeah. So, have a good what have you and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Hey, guess what? You're Sally. You're Kate. Bye. Hey! Raindrops, drop top, drop top, smoking on cooking the hot box, cooking, fucking on your bitch, yeah, that, 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 cooking up dope in the crock pot, pot. We came from nothing to something, nigga. Hey. I don't try nobody, grit the trick, nobody. Call up the gang and they come and get gang. Cry me your river, give you a tissue. Bad and bullshit, bad. Cooking up dope with a oozy. My niggas are savage, ruthless. Savage. We got thudders and hundred rounds too. Cut.